What's up, everyone? Welcome into Locked On Jayhawks. I am Sean Kellerman, Learfield IMG College broadcaster and University of Kansas insider. This is Locked On Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, giving you insight, numbers, and a chance to hear from all the voices within Kansas athletics. We're going to hear a lot of those voices on today's show. Always try to load up the show with content for you guys. Of course, busy time of year, and the Jayhawks on the hardwood are about to head to the Maui Invitational. The team is going to head out tomorrow, and they'll get a day, maybe two days of sand and sun, and then it's all business, business trip, Bill Self called it at his press conference today. Uh, of course, talking about the Maui Invitational. We're going to hear from Bill Self. We're going to hear from Marcus Garrett. And then the final segment, we're going to hear from Les Miles and Carter Stanley as Kansas football travels to Ames, Iowa, final road trip of the year. They're going to take on the 6-4 and four Iowa State Cyclones. And on tomorrow's show, we'll break down that game a little bit more as well. All right, well, first, let's take a look back at uh, recent trips to the Maui Invitational for this Kansas team. Usually, it's you know it's kind of turned into every four years the team gets to go to Maui, and that's how it has been. This is their third trip now in the last eight years. As Kansas won it in 2015, they picked up a victory over Vanderbilt in the championship game, and uh, Perry Ellis led Jayhawks won that one in 2015. And in 2011, remember it was a a classic between Kansas and Duke. Thomas Robinson, who's poster or photo of his face at least still hangs in the rafters of that small gym in in Maui he of course was a big time performer in that game for Kansas and throughout that tournament 2005 Kansas got seventh place which is kind of surprising right Kansas fell in the first round to Arizona 61 to 49 and then in the second round KU had an opportunity to win that and play in the fifth place game but they lost to Arkansas 65 to 64 and then KU was uh, relegated to the final game the seventh place game against the host team Chaminade and KU disposed of Chaminade 102 to 54 but kind of awkward as a KU fan finishing seventh in an eight-team tournament that was the case in 05 remember that was the team that uh, was led by a bunch of freshmen including Mario Chalmers who had seven turnovers in that opening game against Arizona. Of course, that 05-06 Kansas team would go on. They'd lose in the first round despite being a four-seed the NCAA tournament. That was the Bradley game. But then, as we all know, a lot of those members on the team, especially the junior class highlighted by Chalmers and Rush, they ended up winning the national championship a couple years later. So Maui, fourth time now under Bill Self. Had some bad memories and had some great memories, of course, like last time they were there picking up the championship. So the field this year is going to include some big names like Kansas and Michigan State. They're going to be on opposite sides of the bracket, which is not surprising at all. But KU is going to get Chaminade. That game is going to be Monday at 8 o'clock. If KU were to beat Chaminade, which I think we all expect that to be the case, then the game will be 9.30 Central on Tuesday against either BYU or UCLA. Interestingly enough, the last two times Kansas has been to Maui, they have played UCLA and defeated them in the second round. So perhaps a third opportunity for that again. And then if Kansas were to advance to the championship game, that'll be um, on Wednesday at 4 o'clock, and that's potentially against Michigan State. Michigan State side of the bracket includes Dayton, Georgia, and Virginia Tech. So you never know who could come out of that side as well. Not going to look ahead too much, but if it were Kansas and Michigan State, that would be a good opportunity 
for the Jayhawks to pick up a marquee win over a Blue Blood foe, which they were unable to do against Duke in the Champions Classic a few weeks back. So we take a look back first. Let's look at the East Tennessee State game. Kansas wins it 75-63. to A pro, when looking at the box score, is seeing the dominance in the paint. Kansas outscoring the Buccaneers 54-24 to in the paint, highlighted by Yudoka Azubuki's 21 points on 10 of 13 shooting. Maybe the low light was KU behind the arc. The Kansas team that entered shooting nearly 44% from three was just one of 14. They hit one three in nine attempts in the first half and were shut out in five attempts in the second half. But I talked to Marcus Garrett after the game, and he said maybe it's a good thing that Kansas won this game despite not hitting from the outside. That was a good sign. Um, knowing we didn't make any shots, knowing our shooters didn't make any shots, and we were still able to beat a good team. East Tennessee State actually outscored Kansas by 24 points from the outside. An ECSU team that came in shooting 41% from three. They were cold to start as well, but they had a stretch where they hit five four of five threes rather in the second half that led to their comeback eventually cutting the KU lead down to five they got hot late Kansas did not and Bill Self said you know that's kind of how it's going to be for this team shooting from the outside they're going to be a little up and a little down we're not going to average making what are we averaging making a little over 10 threes a game I mean that's not real but making one's not real either so so uh uh, but but we're, 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 we can be a team that can shoot 35% from three, 36 or 37. We shoot it well. And, but we can have some bad nights because we're streaky. And, and certainly when on those nights, you need to throw it inside. And fortunately, we were able to do that. We know the strength of this Kansas team is on the interior. At least that's where they hope the strength is going to be more games than not. And talked about Doak's numbers and how he really controlled this game for KU offensively in the second half. But there were a couple instances where Kansas had to rely on their guards, particularly Devon Dotson and Marcus Garrett, to get downhill and make something happen because not much else was going on on offense. KU had a couple long stretches where they were unable to score after getting out to a 31-13 to lead. Here's Marcus Garrett talking about how his coach always preaches getting downhill. That's what coach was preaching to you. Um, we didn't make any shots tonight, so he was basically telling us we got to get downhill or feed the ball in the inside. That's Marcus Garrett talking about getting downhill, something that he's always been pretty good at. He's improved even more in his time at KU and now really taking on that veteran leadership. He and Devon Dotson, two guys that can really be relied upon to go get KU a bucket when need be. Marcus had a couple great finishes, a couple and ones. And uh, when the game got close at 61-56, Marcus got to the free throw line, sunk a couple free throws, which have been kind of a problem for him during his career, but he hit big ones there and then had a, a big and one a couple possessions later. So Marcus can't be forgotten. We know how good he is on defense, but he made some big plays offensively as well, finishing with 13 points on four of six shooting. After the break, we're going to hear more from Bill Self. He's going to talk about the end of the game when things got a little bit tight and how Silvio DeSosa was entered because Yudoka was a little bit fatigued and how good Silvio did down the stretch. This is Locked On Jayhawks, a product of the Locked On Podcast Network, the local experts on the biggest stories. Big 12 outlook, no games last night in the conference, but there are five teams in action on this Thursday, including an early start. Baylor and Ohio are doing battle in the Myrtle Beach Invitational. That game is at 3.30, and then later on tonight, Texas is at Georgetown. TCU hosts UC Irvine. Oklahoma 
hosts Maryland Eastern Shore, and Texas Tech hosts Tennessee State. All of those games are 7 o'clock tips. That's your Big 12 outlook for the day, and we'll recap those games, of course, on tomorrow's show. All right, looking back still on this victory for Kansas on Tuesday night against East Tennessee State. A couple tough non-conference mid-majors have come in Allen Fieldhouse and left with losses in East Tennessee State, UNC Greensboro, both members of the SOCON who have uh, postseason implications, hoping to be the team that knocks off a four seed as a 13, maybe knocks off a three seed as a 14 come March Madness. But KU taking advantage of Allen Fieldhouse, taking advantage of their size, knocks off both those teams, as well as Monmouth, who is a team that likely will not be participating in any big-name big postseason tournaments. KU, of course, disposed of them big time last Friday. In this game against ETSU, we know that KU got out to the 18-point lead early on the heels of Devon Dotson, and then they relied on Yudoka Azubuki and their size inside, particularly with ETSU not double or triple teaming Doak like so many teams have done. Not a lot of trapping was going on. So it's all about Doak in the majority of the second half, but then when ETSU cut it to within five with about six minutes to go, Doak needed a breather. Coach Self talking about how he needed to take Doak out because uh, fatigue issues. Doak had been pretty much carrying the team the majority of the half. So Bill went back to Silvio De Sosa, who had only played a couple minutes so far, but Silvio, a fan favorite, was big in this one. Here's Coach Self talking about his bigs. Doak was by far our best offensive player tonight, by far. Uh, second half, you know, uh, he was great. But I thought Silvio had as much to do with us winning the game as anybody. Uh, you know, he hadn't had a chance to play and put him in, and defensively he was terrific. Uh, blocked uh, maybe three shots in the last uh, five or six minutes and and then had a couple, had one great finish. Uh, that was probably the best play of the game. And so I, I thought Silvio did well, and it was good to see because he really hadn't had a chance to contribute in a way that – you know, I know he's capable of, and he knows he's capable of, but he, he did a nice job tonight in limited minutes. Just eight minutes or so for Silvio De Sosa and David McCormick, who started, ended up playing up about seven, and that's going to happen. Coach Self has talked about how if you're going to go four guards the majority of the game, which sometimes the game is going to dictate that, then you've got probably 25 minutes out of Doak. You only have 15 minutes remaining for Silvio and David, but Silvio came up big making some athletic plays when his team needed it. Here's Marcus Garrett after the game talking about what his coach had to say about Silvio's performance. He told him, he said, well, you basically won the game for us. He came in, he got huge blocks, huge rebounds. Um, he got the one deflection, stilled, and Devon was able to find him in transition for the lob. And because of the minutes issue that I mentioned earlier with KU taking on all these teams that go with four guards and feeling like they need to match with four guards of their own to have the best chance to win. Silvio and David have just not had a lot of opportunities. Silvio started the first two exhibition games, and I think that was kind of the general consensus among maybe even the coaching staff, but certainly around Jayhawk Nation, that Silvio was going to be the starting four-man for this KU team, and it just really hasn't really played out that way. He and David have kind of swapped who's starting, but also neither of them has gotten too many opportunities at playing a lot of minutes in any games. So, yeah, you could say Silvio has maybe had a slower start to his year than some expected, but here's Coach Self's way of looking at it. The thing about it is he hadn't had many opportunities to play. You know, Duke, he was, I mean, not we all were, 
but but he was certainly a part of us all not being uh, uh, very good and being careless and and uh, against Duke. Uh, and so um, you know Greensboro, you got to play four guards to win the game, and and naturally Doke's going to play 25 of the minutes. So I just leave 15 for two guys uh, uh, for the most part, and so. Uh, I, I do think this will help him. You know, I didn't. I didn't know who he'd start today, but David's actually been better than Silvio in practice, uh, uh, and he was in the last game, so we started him. But don't don't get the, don't get set in your mind that that's what we're doing because I, I really don't know. But I I was excited to see what Silvio can do because you know it's the first time we've really seen him play to his athletic ability defensively and and in transition. So that was that was good to see. Well, in those eight minutes, Silvio De Sosa picks up eight points on four of four shooting, and he had that big. Final momentum swing, in my eyes, play. Got the deflection on defense and then finished off an alley-oop in transition from Devon Dotson, a very athletic play from Silvio DeSosa, a man who we heard Christian Brown call earlier this week, probably the second most athletic guy on the team next to Ochai Abaji, who we know can jump out of the gym. So Kansas gets it done over ETSU by a dozen, and as we've heard Coach say, and some of the guys have talked about it too, they think this was their best game at establishing the guys on the inside. Of course, it helps when Doak is in there in one-on-one coverage, but Silvio and David had good games as well, and Coach says he hopes to see a lot more of that moving forward compared to what he's seen in the early stages. We just haven't been very good post-feeders. Uh, and tonight it was easier for Doak because they didn't trap. Uh, but it's also hard to trap when you play four guards. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I think this there's... I mean, you guys watch it and I watch it, but... If we're not bullying people with playing two bigs, we're we're better with playing small and at least to this point and, and certainly I thought Tristan was terrific tonight and and really gave us some great minutes off the bench. Uh uh but you know, I, I think I think it does space the floor better when you when you're able to th- uh have four guards out there. Saw a lot of four guards out there and who knows what we'll see in Maui, who knows who the opponents are gonna be. We know we're gonna face Chaminade on Monday and they're probably not going to have two bigs the standard two big look so we could see a lot of four guards but I also envision that game being a bit of a blowout like the Monmouth game was where hopefully everybody all nine guys on scholarship that can play for Kansas are getting a lot of minutes a lot of opportunities to play and then after that it's anybody's guess as to who Kansas will play and of course the opponent and their style of play will dictate how coach self in Kansas wants to play but uh, hopefully we get to see everybody continue to improve, and hopefully it's a fun and successful trip to Maui. We'll have fresh sound from Coach Self and KU players tomorrow and Monday. They're going to talk about uh, the Maui Invitational, You know, they're, what they're looking forward to most, some of the potential opponents as well. So looking forward to that. Coming up after the break, we are going to hear from Les Miles and Carter Stanley. They're going to talk about where this Kansas football team is and how they can get their offense going compared to the last couple games, which have been really tough in terms of getting anything going. And KU's been in those big holes early. The game gets Oklahoma State. They only scored two touchdowns late, and that was about it. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. This is the Locked On Podcast Network, the local experts on the biggest stories. A slew of NBA games last night featured Jayhawks, and we'll go over some of the stat lines 
for our guys playing at the next level. Start with the Knicks at the 76ers. We had a couple guys in this game. Sixers won at 109 to 104. Of course, Joel Embiid. He scored 23 points, had 12 boards, and dished out 5 assists in 34 minutes. And an equally and very similar stat line for Marcus Morris playing for the Knicks. Mook had 22 points, 13 boards, and 6 assists in 40 minutes of play as the Knicks fall to the Sixers by 5. Devontae Graham, quick tidbit on him. I'm not sure if people have seen in the news recently, but Devontae Graham in his 15th game this season for the Hornets became just the fourth player in NBA history to put up these numbers, 53s and 100 assists in the first 15 games of any NBA season. And by the way, the other three guys who have done it, you might have heard of them. Baron Davis, Steph Curry, and James Harden. So Devontae Graham in very good company. He is off to a hot start for the Hornets. DT last night had 17 points, three boards, and dished out six assists in 33 minutes of playing time. His Hornets did fall at the Barclays Center to the Nets, 101 to 91. Pistons were in Chicago and lost 109 to 89. Not a lot of playing time for our guys, but Svee got 15 minutes, scored three points, dished out one assist. Markeith Morris, just five minutes, five points, one assist, one board. Andrew Wiggins, after a three-game hiatus, was back for the T-Wolves. They hosted the Jazz, a game that Utah won 103-95. to But Wiggins back to putting up numbers, as he did uh, before missing those three games. 22 points, seven boards, and three assists for Wiggs. Only other Jayhawk in action was Ben McLemore, Playing for Houston, they lost at Denver, 105 to 95. Ben played 16 minutes, scored six points, and dished out one assist. In terms of tonight's games, it's the Phoenix Suns hosting the New Orleans Pelicans tonight at 9:30 Central Time. That's the only game featuring Jayhawks, and there's a pair of them. Kelly Oubre and Sheck Diallo will be in action for that one. That's your Jayhawks in the NBA. Transition now to Kansas football. The guys lost on the road to Stillwater. They're in Stillwater, rather, to Oklahoma State. On Saturday, 31-13, to and it was a struggle offensively. KU, um, again, couldn't reach 300 yards of total offense. That was the case a few games ago against K-State as well. First two games of the Brent Dameron era, very good offensively, over 500 yards in both games. Not facing as good of defenses as they have the last couple of games, but uh, really, this Oklahoma State defense, there were holes Kansas was not able to execute as well as they would have liked. And it's kind of been too good and too bad now for Brent Deerman as the new offensive coordinator. Hopefully, KU can get something going in their final road trip of the year. That comes up on Saturday against Iowa State. Coach Les Miles met with the media earlier this week and said the main thing he's looking for from his offense is consistency. I think we know what to do. We just need to do it and do it and get a get our tempo back. See, we, to me... We, we've had tempo in that practice facility. We've had tempo in, in, you know, several key games. And at times, it looks like we're just an unstoppable team. That's the kind of tempo, and that's the kind of consistency that I'd like to have. Tempo is something, of course, that Kansas had big time in those two initial games under Brent Deerman as the offensive coordinator Toppling 500 yards that we've talked about and just getting down the field and looking, as Coach has said, unstoppable at times offensively. They've been doing it with the run game, the pass game, and then for whatever reason have just run into a buzzsaw the last couple weeks. Last week against Oklahoma State was more of a head-scratcher because it's not like you're facing one of the top defenses 
in the league. And K-State, certainly a few games ago, would qualify as one of the better defenses in the Big 12. But Oklahoma State, not so much. But Kansas was so bad in the first half on offense that they had to make that quarterback switch, maybe get a little jolts and a little bit of juice in Carter Stanley. Here's Carter when he was talking to the media earlier this week about the tempo and how is Kansas supposed to just flip the switch and get that good tempo back? I'd say it starts with practice, um, you know, just repping it. We, I think we do a pretty good job of uh, having a great pace in practice. Um, you know, that's that's ever ever since Coach Dearman has been our OC. Um, but no, I'd say just uh, repping it throughout the week. One thing we've seen a lot of the past couple of weeks, and honestly, ever since KU has had offensive problems going back to the Todd Reesing and Mark Mangino era is dealing with three and outs. You know, you've had a lot of turnovers, but a main problem, we saw it a lot last year, uh, with Peyton Bender as the starting quarterback the majority of the time, and we've seen it in spurts this year as well under Carter Stanley. There's just not an ability to avoid three and outs, just cannot move the ball, which puts special teams in a tough situation, it puts defense in tough situations, and it's just a vicious cycle. That's been a problem. Carter was asked about getting the tempo and if that's more difficult when you're consistently having those three and outs. If you're not in that flow, if you're not in that rhythm, it's, uh, it is hard to get into tempo, but... Um... You know, that's that's a great thing about it. it. It can take one play. You know, one play can get the whole thing going. And, you know, we would hope that that big play comes from our star running back, Puka Williams, bottled up to the tune of 12 carries, 26 yards in that game in Stillwater. And, of course, K-State bottled him up pretty good a couple games ago as well. So Puka, the big play guy, we've seen a couple this year, but maybe not the back-breaking runs through the middle anything like that. Remember, there was a game last year, I believe it was against West Virginia, but I could be wrong, where Puka Williams, Don Williams, and Khalil Herbert each had 50-plus yard touchdown runs, and uh, that was not the case. That might have been the Rutgers game, actually, come to think about it, early in the season, but there just haven't been a lot of big-time plays, particularly with the running game. We've seen some big plays this year with Stephon Robinson and Andrew Parchment in the passing game. Texas Tech, we saw a lot of them, saw a handful against Texas as well, but Kansas needs to have that big play or a couple of them early to get some consistency. You know, we've had problems offensively getting off to slow starts and, you know, over half of our games this year, but this Oklahoma State game was even more of a problem because you're not facing a top-tier defense, and it wasn't exactly a slow start. It was just bad offense for three-plus quarters before Kansas got those late two touchdowns, one to Robinson and one to Quan Hampton. That was Quan's first touchdown of the year, so good to see him get in the books with a TD. But it'll be Carter Stanley. We know that. He'll be the quarterback for KU. Last road trip, last road game of the year against Iowa State. It's 11 o'clock on Saturday. And then we'll close out the year at home against Baylor on November 30th. They have not announced the time of that game. We just know that it'll either be at 2.30 or at 6. But as soon as they announce that, of course, I'll give you the update here on Locked On Jayhawks. Tomorrow's show, we'll get to hear... A lot more from Bill Self, Ochai Abaji, and Devon Dotson as well. We'll hear from on tomorrow's show, and we'll hear from those guys as well on Monday's show in advance of the games in Maui coming up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Also go through our Friday 5 tomorrow, 10 and 14 and 2, trying to inch closer to 500 with my five picks of five lines that I like, and you should too. And, of course, we'll preview Iowa State. We'll do a deeper dive on Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, and company and see what Kansas needs to do to get the job done their final road game of the year on Saturday in Ames. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is Sean Kellerman signing off. Locked on Jayhawks, a product of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And rock chalk, Jayhawk.